This is the business of sports. Let's talk Super Bowl and Fox Sports. Every single thing that occurs, I want people to remember this is a business. Guaranteed money isn't necessarily guaranteed. Michael Barr. How high can these valuations go? Scott Soshnank. Duke. Everybody loves rooting against him, right? Evan Novi williams Off the field, the NBA has never been buzzier. And the leaders in the sports industry. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred. Mike Oresco, he's the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. Jared Smith, president of Ticketmaster. Mindy race car driver, Elio Castroneves. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Scott Zogden. I'm Evan Novi williams And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports, and today... We begin with, guess what? Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. After 50 years of frustration, they have finally won their second Super Bowl championship. And a lot of that has to do with quarterback Patrick Mahomes. And oh my, this young man is going to have one big marketing deal in the future. Well, he already does have several big marketing deals. The key is, what can he do now? It's like, what does the platform of the Super Bowl, where 100 plus million people, most of them casual fans, not hardcore football fans, what does that do for a guy like Mahomes? And well, the advertising people we speak to say that this could be worth up to $7 million per year on top of what he's already got. That is not chump change. It's ama- I mean, he's 24 years old. It's amazing what he's accomplished already, right? In, in NFL just a f- MVP, in, in a few, yeah, Super Bowl MVP. Super Bowl MVP, a 5,000-yard season. Uh, and, you know, when it comes to marketing, he seems to be fairly charismatic. He's good-looking. He has a fun, historic sports story, given that his dad was a Major League Baseball pitcher and he essentially grew up in Major League Baseball locker rooms. I think all those things actually matter, and that makes him even more of an endorsement potential, especially after what happened in the Super Bowl. We were joking about this uh, several days ago about the State Farm commercials where Aaron Rodgers introduces his friend Patrick Mahomes. That is going to change. It's going to be, hi, this is my friend Aaron Rodgers now. Yeah, and from the bigger perspective of the NFL they have absolutely got to be thrilled because you you really do have to wonder yeah you have Tom Brady you had the Mannings you have Drew Brees you have the establishment quarterbacks and all of a sudden you've got this crop of 24 25 even Garoppolo what is he 28 whatever it is you've got this crop of young quarterbacks uh, whatever he is he's younger than the guys who are soon retiring but you've got this bumper crop of next generation. You've got this group that people are now accustomed to seeing. They're now becoming the face of the league. I mean, Pat Mahomes, he, he's like every kid who plays on Madden plays as Pat <laughs> Mahomes. That's what you want. It's how do you get the next generation of fans and every kid who is, whether he you know, was on Twitter or, or playing on Madden, whatever, watching that game is going to be in their elementary school and their middle school today, and they're all going to be talking about Pat Mahomes. That's Absolutely. what the NFL wants. Yeah, we, we were joking the other day about you know when he seemed to be on pace to surpass Tom Brady in jersey sales. You know, yep. it's it's amazing how you know so, someone like Tom Brady can dominate that list for so so long. And you know, it's way too early to say this about Pat Mahomes, but you know, if the NFL can get another couple, one or two players that that can be you know that force on a list like that that are that are pushing merchandise sales, that are pushing video game sales, that are pushing eyeballs on games uh, for a decade plus, you know, that's a huge huge win. 
By the way, yeah, we talked see- to our pal. By the way, we talked to Bob Dorfman, our pal, our advertising pal over at Beckett. And who makes sense for Mahomes? They want to play off the name as like future endorsers. Home Depot, mm. Amazon yep. Home, Zillow. He can certainly play off his name. By the way, did you see the commercial during the Super Bowl with Tom Brady, who said, "I got one more year left in me." Genius marketing. Yeah, absolute genius. And, and you know what? Normally, I wouldn't give credit for whatever it was, but it was for Hulu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> G- G- yeah. Everybody had to stop, like just in case. Imagine if he announced. If you really wanted to be. Uh, a jerk, because that's what it would be. Imagine if you're Tom Brady and you announce your retirement in a Super Bowl commercial, taking the stage away from what's going on. Man, that would that would be something. But you had to kind of stop and wait, wait, what's going on here? What's Brady saying? Also, really, really good stuff. How much social media ink was spilled over that photo that he posted a week ago? What does it mean? Is he coming yeah, back? In the Is he walking into the yeah. stadium? Is he walking yep. out of the stadium? Is he retiring? All of yeah. it turns out that it's just a Hulu ad. <laughs> he gets it. Uh, yeah. He gets it. Uh, yeah, the him and you know whoever at Hulu put the, the thing the together. The creative team behind it gets very, it. Very yeah. well organized. It worked on me. Uh, speaking of Mahomes, <laughs> did you hear about this and the, the rushing prompt? So, do, so does the pull my finger gag. <laughs> all the betters who took the prop of Mahomes, it was many of it uh, was over 30.5 rushing yards. Now, he got there, then he took three knees, I believe, kneel downs, and then lost 15 yards. So, yeah, I mean, if you, if you kneel down, when you have that victory formation, you step back after taking the snap and kneel down. That counts as a negative rushing yard, yeah, whatever it is. And it took him underneath. But on the, on the bigger scale, Eben, you know I count on you for these things. Yeah. The over-under for Pat Mahomes rushing was what? Was it, I mean, it, it seemed like it opened at 27 and a half and then it went as high as 36 and a half, which is a huge why movement, did, which shows you did, that everybody was betting the over. Right. Yes, but why in God's name when that happened did, did not you, me, and Barr pool our, all of our disposable income, like the 30 bucks we got, and bet the over. That seems like because well, we would have no- lost it. I know, but, <laughs> answer, right? but the but the no. It seems like such a no brainer. He's going to rush for that many yards. I mean, who's going to count on well, three consecutive kneel downs? I mean, to go under, I will but- say a few things. Not that I'm an expert in this world. I, Mahomes is rushing significantly less after he hurt his knee. I know, but it, this than, is the Super Bowl. If he's ever going to take off, it's going to be in this game. Sure, and and I promise you that every sportsbook operator out there, when they're seeing you know all this money, especially on a quarterback rushing prop, knows that there's a chance that. If the end of the game you know he's gonna yep. he's gonna end up negative a little bit and these were some of these kneel downs were much bigger than just kneel downs he was trying to he, kill clock as well he went back so five he end, yards he ended yep. up backing up a lot you know but these are not the first prop bettors who are losing because a quarterback took a couple knees at the end of a game um, this is certainly why i tell a, everybody it's a bigger one bet. absolutely oh man how, I, you just I, I don't know how anybody would keep their sanity if they bet that that <laughs> prop, and I see this guy running back five yards and taking a knee. Oh and, man! And, and worth mentioning, uh, points bet, you know, which is a one of the smaller operators in New Jersey, came over from Australia. They are refunding everybody who lost money on this, you know, which is a which is a trend we're kind of seeing. In, at least in New Jersey right now, where operators, when there's a, a big event that they think they can get some marketing buzz around, will decide to refund everybody. It's probably not a huge uh, m- money change for them. 
but they get some good press and essentially trying to get betters to think, oh, you know, in the future, you know, maybe if I have a really bad bet, points bet will stand up for me and I'll get my money back. Uh, so, you know, they're the only ones I think right now doing that, but I wouldn't be shocked if there are others as well. By the way, speaking of the books, the over when it ended for most of the books for the game itself was around 54.5, mm-hmm. uh, which it turned out to be under because the score was 31-20. And many of the books said, thank goodness, because if this would have gone over, they would have been killed. Yeah, I think the general thought on all Super Bowl betting is that people take the over and they take yes. So if the odds are Mahomes rushing yards, people are going to bet the over. If it's someone's receiving yards, they take the over. Is there going to be a safety? People hit yes. So I think generally, you know, given the amount of public money that is in the Super Bowl, there's a lot of value to be had if you're going to be the person in the point in the in the prop betting that says that's not going to happen, or if this person's going to have a worse game than people expect. By the way, this next topic kind of rattles my chain. The NFL and the NFLPA, they will vote soon on a 17-game season. And I've got to – at first I was one of these guys where it's like, yeah, let's play as many games as possible. But when you see the punishment that these players take week after week, it's amazing they survive 16 weeks. Well, this is – got to look at this bar from, from the business perspective. And this is a negotiation between labor and management. And when you're in a negotiation, whoever has more leverage or more chips, you know, they usually get what they want. And um, what the owners want, of course, is another game because the networks pay a lot more. The owners want to get this done because labor peace long term generally means a higher rights fee from the networks. And we know they're, they're negotiating. What really do the players have as leverage. This is it. This is their biggest chip. And if the players are really concerned about less hitting in practice and training camp and health and safety trade-offs, what can we get in exchange for what we're going to give up? It's not decimal points for the players. Their chip in this game is this 17th game. But if they're going to give it up, they better extract a whole lot of concessions on the other side, because this is something that the owners really, really want. Yeah, it sounds like the reporting on this deal. So the NFLPA, as you said, Michael, is going to be voting at some point soon on this potential 10-year labor deal that that would kick in after next year. Um, You know, some of the things in there, if they get this deal done before March, a lot of the the monetary benefits for players would kick in for the 2020 season, even before the rest of it all kicks in. The 17-game season would happen in 2021. Uh, There's talk about eliminating punishments for players who test positive for marijuana, obviously something that that players care a lot about as well. Um, The the money is going to go up, right? So the player's share is going to go up. Scott, am I thinking incorrectly when I say that I, I mean, we're going to have a 17 game season, right? That seems almost definite. I cannot imagine a situation where this negotiation gets to a point where players are not willing, given the huge amount of money that is about to flow into the league from these media deals that we've been talking about. And given the other concessions that they seem to maybe be able to get as a result of this, I would be shocked if we ended up with a season that's not 17 games after 2021. I would be beyond shocked for the reasons I stated earlier and that it is their one big negotiating chip and the fact that almost all of the proposals and all of the framework for the deal that's on paper now, it's all contingent on a 17-game season. And I spent a lot of time with Demora Smith and Eric Winston, the president of the Players Union and other players during Super Bowl week when I was down there for a couple of days, and nobody wanted to commit. The one thing that's different about the NFL than, let's say, the NBA, and I've covered a lot of those labor deals, 
it's not really a star-driven league in the sense that when Michael Jordan would show up at negotiations, that changed the tenor of everything. Hmm. What Michael said, he had an outsized influence in those talks. There's 1,500-plus players in the NFL. That's not going to happen. That rank and file, sort of that middle and lower guy that, that you probably don't even know his name, that backup tight end or the third string lineman, that person has one vote like everybody else, and it often plays out that way. And for those guys to get more money, they're going to have to give up a 17 game. I, I would be very, very surprised if in the end the deal isn't based on that. And guys, you guys, both of you guys hit it. This is something the owners are driving for because you could extend the season one week if you gave all the teams a, a two-week buy instead of the regular one-week buy. But this is something the owners want because they want that money for each of the individual teams for the media. And this also means, I believe it means fewer preseason games. And, and we had Mark Gannis on last week, and you know he's an advisor to the league, so you know take what he says with a grain of salt. But he was saying that you know statistics say NFL injuries happen way more often in, in the preseason than they do in the regular season, right? So there may be even an argument that you know taking away two preseason games and adding another game might not have as big a physical effect as, as some people think it would. I also, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if a 17-game season means that we see kind of a dream, dramatic rethinking of player workload, right, and, and and load management, especially for teams who are playing especially well or teams who are, you know, definitely not going to make the playoffs. So I do think there's a way to add a 17-game season and also put in place things for players that that make the make the demand of that extra game, extra regular season game, maybe not as high as it seems right now if we just tacked another game onto the schedule. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scott Soshnick and Evan Noby Williams. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week. We're speaking with Jeffrey Pollack, the president of the XFL, and Oliver Luck, the commissioner of the XFL. Football's not over, folks. The Super Bowl just ended, but the XFL launches at the end of the week. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio, around the world and online, wherever you get your podcasts.